Welcome back to Brevity Box. It's me, Triple C. And over there in the corner, looking all suspicious, it's Brando. Looking very sus. You are looking sus. Sus Brando. Back after a couple of weeks, gotta get my apologies out there. I'm not gonna be too serious about it. Some shit happened. I'll tell you about it some other time. I will say, Brando, if I told you that within uh, three or four weeks, my wife broke her foot and then her knuckle, would you think that I needed help? No, I'd side with her. Oh, comforting. But yeah, you guys can put two and two together. I've had some serious stuff to take care of, and she's fine. And that's all I have to say. I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry I've missed it. I missed you, Brando. I know we've kept up, but I've missed this. And I'm glad to be back with something not focused on politics and bullshit, something that I care about. We're going to talk about the craziness of this season in the NFL and, of course, coming to the crescendo of the Tom Brady Bowl. I don't know what we're going to call it. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of names, but we're going to talk about the season. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And to do that, I had a couple of guests come right to mind that are perfect for this discussion because they're who I talk to about football or who I'd want to talk to about football if I if I can find anybody. I want to welcome to the show the host of Laruminating Gaming, Lash LaRue, Broncos fan. Lash, what's up? Uh, yeah, the the uh, well, it's good to be on. I appreciate you having me. And uh, the Broncos part that was that was tough this season. Um, we ran out of quarterbacks, and uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm really looking forward to this talk. Anytime I'm on a podcast with Graham, Brando, and Charlie, I bring my culture hot takes and uh, the thesaurus. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Well, and you mentioned the man, so let's get him out of the way. I know he's still recovering from his heartbreaking, but somewhat expected and seasonal playoff loss uh graham agent g the man with no last name a new american friend and packers fan you doing all right man you have you come out of the woodwork yet yeah thanks charlie uh good to be here and uh and just chatting and bullshitting about football and yeah i came out of it pretty quick this time um i think i've kind of got used to it um, four NFC Championship defeats now. It's just kind of like water off a duck's back, I think, at this stage. So, um, so I'm looking forward to chatting about it, putting a, uh, a, a an exclamation point on the end of this season. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just uh, get into it, I'm sure. And then forgetting about it, right? Is everybody kind of on the same page? We're ready to, to talk about it, get it off our chest, and just move on and wait for the normal season to come back where we can go to a game and see fans in the stands, right? Absolutely. We're on the same page there. Now, I, I know I didn't bring it up, but it's probably because it's just too much fun to make fun of. But um, Brando's team is the Minnesota Vikings, led by, um, I mean, what's your quarterback's like Twitter handle? Is it Master Cuck? Uh, I have or, no uh, idea. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't watch a single Vikings game this season. Because you've every time, now this is funny about Vikings fans, and anybody who's a true football fan will know this, but for Brando, I think it starts you start detaching after the first missed like field goal attempt. Then, you know, the season emotionally done. detaching. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Apathy coalition was born in Minnesota. <laughs> and of course, 
Honestly, this year is mostly just a just a Rona thing. I don't know. For some reason, I just wasn't in 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 the mood for football. Okay, so let's start there in a second. But for anybody who doesn't know and hadn't put it together, I am a a unabashed Saints fan. Who that nation? I do have a very embarrassing video of you after the Saints (laughs) won the Super Bowl, and I'm proud of it, and I don't care. And we should probably air that somewhere someday. But let's start with what you said, man, about about the year. And I don't want to get into COVID, but uh, does anybody disagree with the fact that, I mean, the season felt, obviously, for it just was different. It was different. Was it harder to enjoy? Just jump in. I mean, was it harder to enjoy for anybody in the first few weeks? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, it was definitely harder to watch. And, um, you know, it was... I mean, yeah, you've got the whole COVID thing, but just not having the fans in the stands and uh, just just seemed off and a lot of, you know, exterior distractions and things like that. It was it was kind of tough for me to get into it. Um, definitely when the team seemed off, too, right? Yeah, I mean, well, they, they did. The first like four weeks seemed like I mean, well, preseason because preseason didn't happen, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then you had you had players in and out, you know you know, people at parties or, you know, somebody got, you know, COVID and then uh, they were in close contact with other players and things like that. And so then they were out. I mean, that's what happened, you know, to Denver with, with no quarterback. So they had a wide receiver playing. So it was, yeah, it was, it was tough at times, but um, you know, I What I week was that? Run. What week was that, that they had? Oh, the wide, that, God, that was maybe five or six. Somewhere that, in there. Listen, I have never headline that yeah. game. I watched that game. That game, I came away so impressed with that kid and heartbroken for him at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, he actually, I, I don't know what, what what exactly for, but he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame now for some reason during that game. And I, I'm not sure what it is, but I caught it briefly uh, the other day and I was like, I, I didn't have time to look into it. But, yeah, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But, I mean, yeah, the guts on that kid was was incredible. I mean, what were you going to say, Graham? I think you were going to jump in there. Well, yeah, I was. I mean, I was going to say that. Um, I mean, it was kind of almost an embarrassment. Um, it was kind of like the one thing I almost felt kind of, or the one game I felt almost embarrassed for the league. They were doing everything they could, um, but I had like a kid. What was he? Like a wide receiver or something like that, playing quarterback or, or something like that. Exactly. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It, it was interesting. I mean, I get, get the feeling he might be in the Hall of Fame for being the only quarterback to actually have negative yards in a game. I don't know, but uh, maybe <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, or, or to never have, just never had taken a snap ever at quarterback yeah. and coming into the game or something like that. That's I mean, probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know much about that kid. He, he may not have a big arm, but he's got a big set of nuts. That dude has some balls. <laughs> he went out there and left it all out on the field. I mean, he really, I, I felt bad for him, but man, his team had to love the fact that he was just willing to go out there and try. Well, you remember, uh, you remember an old football movie, uh, Unnecessary Roughness? I love that game. Uh, uh, movie, oh, sorry. oh, yeah, it's fantastic. When the backup gets up, you know, and he gets in there and he's super timid. And he's <laughs> Call like, time he's out. Like, Call Set. <laughs> like you didn't see that from him you saw the heart but you didn't you just didn't see the skill set he didn't he he wasn't a quarterback you know what i mean but oh no I, i'm no, with he like the, the heart he it. was stepping um, up in the pocket he was all over the place yeah what i remembered or what i thought about in that movie is uh there's a, a a terrible movie but kind of a funny movie called not another teen movie I don't know if you remember that one where it kind of takes the piss out of lots of different Love uh, that movie. crappy yeah. uh, movies like American Pie and this, that, and the other. And one of them was like, you know, the Rudy 
uh, right, the football movie about this kid who like, <laughs> tries really hard. Um, and but they they so they send him out on the field, and so Rudy finally gets to play in this not another team movie thing, and he catches the ball in the end zone, and then two people just converge on him and cut him in half basically. And I'm like, that's what's going to happen. This poor quarterback guy, he's going to get the shit kicked out of him. But uh, hey, he made it out. Yeah, he lived. He, he, he lived. He lived. I'm sure he got some. I'm sure there was uh, somebody paying some money under the table for that kid to do what he did. He probably got something out of it. But going through the season, do you do you feel like, I mean, clearly there are some teams that have reason to believe that the COVID structure and having to take time off affected their, you know, their win loss for sure. Do you think there's a team that has a legitimate gripe about it affecting their playoffs? Well, Steelers, right? I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I think Steelers, yeah. Those, I would those think are Steelers. the guys that kind of got screwed probably more than anybody else just because uh, they had to move so many games around with people that they were playing, having people in COVID protocol. And uh, so that was kind of interesting to me is that uh, the Steelers were, what were they, 9-0, 11-10-0, something like that? Um, so they were even looking like maybe an undefeated season and then suddenly it all kind That's of right. shit and, uh, uh, and fell apart for them. But I think, uh, you know, whether it was that they got lucky because they had a lot of very close games that they won, but I'm, I can only believe that, uh, with all the moving around of the schedule, um, you know, they didn't even have a bye week essentially throughout the whole season because that all got kind of hosed up. Um, so, so to me, I would say the Steelers were the ones that probably were on the rough end of the stick, I guess, for most of it. Any, you got any, any other teams come to mind for you guys? No, I mean, I was I was actually going to say Pittsburgh, too, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately they got in, though, you know. And, and um, you know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they weren't really missing anybody in the playoffs, were they? Not by the time they got to the playoffs, no. Right, right. And, I mean, you know, I, I, I do agree that, you know, not having a cadence going in and getting all these games kind of mixed up, mixed up and delayed and pushed back, whatever moved up that, uh, that, that can cause something, but, uh, that's a, that's a pretty veteran group there. So, um, but, uh, other than Pittsburgh, I, I can't really think of anybody that hit, you know, got hit hard before the playoffs. So kind of going to your point about fans in the stands, you know, being in new Orleans, you you hear about it every game, every home game, every season. They talk about the Superdome. They talk about the Houdat Nation and the fans. And I've been in those, I've been in that stadium during big games. And it is hard to describe how loud that place gets. And to see the difference of, uh, and I don't really know what that means as far as what I'm seeing on the team, but, you know, you get a home playoff game in a silent dome i it's you know it does kind of it makes me want to speak up about that i mean that's not necessarily a player being off the field because of covid protocol right but that that sort of uh you know 12th man in seattle kind of thing you know you don't have that pressure on let's say the buccaneers defense in the playoffs to have to or even the offense to be able to have to hear what the hell's going on? There's well, just seeing, nothing. Um, you know, seeing Aaron Rodgers go down there in week three, and I guess the Packers beat the Saints, right? But seeing Rodgers being able to do a hard count in uh, in the Superdome was kind of surreal, right? I mean, yeah. to be able to catch like the Saints, um, 
coming across the line. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, right. Uh, that kind of says it all about the, the, um, the kind of equality that not having fans in the stadium gave to the away team versus the home team. I don't know. She did I don't actually look at the end of the season as to what the records were this year compared to previous years in terms of away teams winning, whether it was like a lot more or not. That'd be kind of interesting to check into as to, uh, yeah, that'd be really that was actually um, uh, a big player this year or not. Yeah, you know, if I were more prepared coming into this, I might have thought of that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Exposing you for what you are. Just <laughs> well, it didn't occur to me, and now I want to know, and I'm going to make a bunch of fancy click-clack sounds and find out here in just a few minutes. No, I, I think I think it really did make a difference in a couple of games. I mean, I don't know league wide, but I certainly think it made a difference in that game with the Packers. I think it made a difference in the playoff game uh, with the Bucks. You know, I think that the Saints had other struggles. And I think, I mean, we are definitely going to get into each of us having a few minutes to talk about our teams and our thoughts about our teams, because I think that'll be a good uh, catharsis. Um, but I do think the stadium played a role in, in for my team at least um let's let's kind of move on and start with a question that's uh i want you to think about from two perspectives the first one being what surprised you about your team and then what surprised you this year overall and that could be anything it could be style of play players that that stood out teams that stood out that you didn't expect but things that caught you off guard that you didn't expect to see or that you, you realizations and start with talking about something specific about your team. And I'm going to put the spotlight on Brando to make him say something about the Vikings. Pass. <laughs> Charlie day pass. Nothing surprised you about the Vikings this year, man. I didn't really watch anything. Is that from a few highlights this year? The only game I really watched was the fucking Brady bowl. Well, did anything surprise you about the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair answer. We'll move on because I know you're going to have some comments about Brady. Uh, what about you, Lash? I mean, I'm, I find Denver to be so mysterious. I really, I really do. And I, I, I've had, I wanted to have you on here to, to kind of tap into some of that Bronco knowledge. I mean, what surprised you this year about your team? You know, I would say um, I was really looking forward to seeing what what Drew Locke was going to be. You know, I mean, we've been watching football long enough, and I mean, you're you're if you don't have a quarterback, then you know you're you're pretty much dead in the water. And you saw that in this year's playoffs and things like that. Yeah. So I was I was really really curious. Um, he had a lot of conf- confidence coming out of Missouri, and. Um, you know, kind of like the gunslinger mentality. And I was like, okay, that, that might be interesting, you know, running shotgun and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I saw flashes from him, but, um, yeah, really, I thought so. Right. I thought so too. Uh, I, I hope he doesn't have a problem staying on the field. <clears throat> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, the young wide receiver, Drudy out of Alabama. Um, yeah. I think he's a stud. Absolutely. He's amazing. Good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping my team would just lose every single game so we could go for uh, Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, Trevor Lawrence is actually from Tennessee, big Peyton Manning fan. And that would have been that would have worked out real well. For Always me. the Manning connection. Well, 
I, I, There's I just, a Manning connection. Listen, listen and I, I, I would never admit this to you before, but uh, I'm a fan of class. So, you know, I like, the, uh, <laughs> I like, I like these guys, you know, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah I like that type of quarterback. I'm with you. I, uh, do you, do you struggle with the running quarterback? Anybody? I do. Yeah, I do. Graham. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's just not a longevity kind of, um, situation for a quarterback in the nfl i mean i think you'll get away with it for a while but eventually it's going to become too telling i mean obviously you scramble plays whatever but design running plays i think you're going to get into trouble after a period of time i don't know i think uh, the existence of cam newton would disagree with that but the only reason he survives so long as a running quarterback is because he's huge yeah Yeah, even he's breaking down right like he's he's not didn't watch (laughs) <laughs> it's good to have you here, Brando. Love, yeah. you, love you too, buddy. No, I mean, look, you're you're not you're not wrong about Cam, but what you didn't see was him really looking like he had regressed in a lot of physically, like physically, just can't take the abuse that he used to. You know, it just wears you down, and at some point, you need to be a pocket quarterback. You know, I think I I for me. uh I just don't I don't want to see somebody like Lamar Jackson uh succeed without having to actually show a diverse set of skills. Like okay, he can run the ball. Great. Now, do it with your arm too. You know, not one or the other. Just if you if you want to make me respect one, you know, I feel like that's kind of what like Russell Wilson sort of begrudgingly has gotten uh respect from a lot of people that way. Because early on, he ran the ball a lot, maybe not as much as Lamar, but now he's a much, I mean, even though he's kind of moving, he's not running as much, right? He's just got a very strong, accurate throw. Well, and to your point too, I, I, I've always like, I would say the last five or six years, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like the game's evolved so much. And I just, I feel like at some point, a mobile quarterback with the rule changes and what they allow. And can you hold this player and can, you know, can you yeah. check them? Can you do this? Like eventually it'll just become prominent and it, it just never quite gets there. And I just, I think that, that people are just too fast on either side of the ball. And I think of people like, you know, you said Russell Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, where when you're in a pinch, you can use your feet to get out of it. You know, but yeah. when you're, but when you're calling plays, I mean, you know, we brought up Cam Newton. Are we talking about regular season wins? Or are we talking about winning playoff games? Because, you know, he, he that whole, that whole Super Bowl, he, they were trying to run the ball and he kept complaining about getting in the head, hitting the head. It's like every running back gets hit in the head. You know, yeah. like I don't, you're running the ball. Well, and, and look um, at, um, you know, look this year at um, Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, like, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a really awkward tackle he got, but that was on a designed quarterback running play on like second and one, I think it was. It wasn't even like a fourth down scramble or a goal line thing. And it's like, well, what are you doing with your franchise quarterback that he, you know, he could have been out for a number of weeks, right? Um, but, yeah. Uh, and so why why risk that when he can throw the ball or you put a running back? I mean, you know, again, there's uh, people are posi- playing positions for a reason, I think. And so I don't know. I mean, Hey, the Packers, uh, one of their glorious defeats in the playoffs, of course, was against Colin Kaepernick, right? Who ran all over them for, what was it, 170, 180 yards a few years back. Um, but that was, 
that was took everybody, the whole league by surprise that he did that. And there was no defensive running running game for it. But um, but yeah, I don't think it's a it's a long lasting. Um, it's going to be long lasting for quarterbacks. I think they, it's going to be too tough for them. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. I I think that in terms of what surprised me in term for the whole league, I I thought defenses across the league got better at stopping overall the the huge runs with exception to Baltimore building their whole team around the quarterback run you know I, I just I didn't see as much of it blowing up as it, it feels like there's smarter defensive um, scheming surrounding and I, I felt like you saw that through the playoffs I think that to me is why uh, you're seeing Lamar Jackson run for his life was to me you know a great moment, but it was, it was more because that defensive scheming was spot on, you know, it was really well thought out. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I think that the defenses in the league are, are showing something new, you know, they've got to counteract a lot of this running around and scrambling and um, things They're like getting that. faster. I, I mean, those outside linebackers are just well, sprinters look at, with big long arms now. How, how many memes have you seen about Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl now? That guy couldn't. That guy could, had no time to do anything. Right. And, and Pierre Paul's reach. I mean, right. Pierre Paul's known for his wingspan. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, and and I would say for me, something that really surprised me about the league and, and something that was intriguing to me was just like two people in particular. And now I'm a Peyton Manning fan, so that it hurts to say, but the level at which Brady is playing and the level at which Breeze is playing at the age that they are was just, I, I, I don't know. That was very, very impressive to me. And um, I don't, I don't recall anybody ever playing at that level at that age. And um, never, you know, not in the history, not in, not in NFL history. No. And you know, okay. So you kind of gave me a good platform there. Cause I didn't say what surprised me about the saints. Uh, you know, a lot of things surprised me about the Saints. Um, Michael Thomas having it seemed like last season, my my takeaway about Michael Thomas was here's this, you know, I didn't think he would be the kind of guy to have beef with his own team and be vocal about it. So that kind of surprised me. I don't really have an opinion. I don't think he was wrong. It just surprised me. And then him being injured as long as he was, uh, what caught me off guard was some of those unknowns that came out and did great, you know, and like you said, to, to breathe for breeze, he's doing that year, year in and year out. He's taking these guys that, uh, you know, Brady does the same thing. They turn, uh, you know, some unknown into a household name because they're doing amazing. Yeah. You know, or he took for even for a couple of games and then they have to sit down. I think also for the first time, I get what people say when they say that Breeze, like unlike Brady, and I couldn't, I mean, maybe it's just abuse because Breeze got beat up this year pretty hard, but man, he, he, for the first time, I thought he looked as, he started looking weaker. I think that clearly he started showing more of his age than Brady does. Brady doesn't look like he's lost anything. Breeze looked like he was an injured person playing the game this season. And that all that caught me off guard. 
Like I, I mean, I knew he was older, but I, he played injured. I don't really like that. You know, I was getting really sick of, um, of the, you know, I thought there were a few plays there. And I think any fan you see your, your offensive coordinator call a play you don't like, or keep going back to something you don't like. And, and for me, that was, you know, the, when they were just clearly abusing their toy in Hill running the ball, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, as a Saints fan, there were times where it was like, just, just run it with, with Murray, you know, just give it to your big yeah. guy and bruise it that one yard. We don't have to be cute here. And look, it cost us, right? There were a few of those plays where he just couldn't hold onto the ball and, and he, he doesn't have great hands. I don't know what to tell you. The guy drops the ball when, when it matters and it's a, uh, it's stressful. So yeah, I, that, that was tough to watch the whole season. That, that last interception in the playoff game uh, that was intended for Alvin Kamara and um, white intercepted it to me. That was, that was a moment where I think the whole of the, the saints fan base saw a 40, what is he? 41. So a 41 year old quarterback, look at the pass and go, Oh, I don't have it like that. What, you know, maybe that was a rotator cuff injury and his rib recovery. Okay. But to me, that was the look on his face. That was why that the ceiling on that pass was low. You know, it was meant to go right over that guy's head. Like you've seen a million times and it just didn't happen. Well, I feel, I feel like I, I would agree with you. Um, I think his body's just taken a toll. You know, um, yeah. but I, I honestly believe that if he'd gotten the rest, he could come back and do it. I just think that he's that's not something he wants to continue to put his body through again as a Peyton Manning fan. I mean, you, that guy's arm, Peyton's arm in Super Bowl 50 was like my left leg. It was not yeah. it was like a noodle. And I don't even he wasn't even 40. You know, um, he was he was done, you know, and, yeah. uh, but I, I respect um, I respect what uh, Drew Brees did and, and, and how he left. So, but uh, yeah. Okay. So overall, were you surprised that they finished the season? I know that Brando from like week three, I think your, your going meme was week 10. Yeah. Like you were going to, you weren't going to watch it because it was going to shut down by week 10. So is everybody kind of shocked that we got through the whole season at all? Oh yeah. I, I mean, Absolutely, from the beginning of it, because I, I mean, as they were starting off the season, we were coming down out of the summer kind of highs and stuff like that, and uh, felt going into winter. I, I just kind of assumed that there was going to be um, some kind of shutdown that they weren't going to do it. it. It's amazing to me that they got through a whole season. Yeah, they had to shift some games around, as we talked about earlier in the uh, podcast. But I mean, uh, but really to get through what they were able to get through and to complete an entire season, even the postseason. Even having fans in the stadium towards the end of the season, um, albeit at a reduced capacity, I, I'm actually uh, quite amazed. Um, and I know there's a bit, there's a lot of debate about. Um, I know we we don't want to get into the um, COVID too much today, but um, there was a lot no. of debate about you know testing and should they be using testing for players and things like that. But I also think that football reaches out to a lot of people, and I think there was a little bit of a sense of normality associated with being able to sit at home and watch a game on Sunday and watch your team and, uh, you know, have the usual crap conversations at Monday morning about um, how your team did kind of thing. Right. So I think it did actually provide a little bit of relief. And from that perspective, I think it um, um, was very valuable that they tried to do the season and they were able to get through it. So um, yeah, I was, 
I was surprised that the season was kind of as good. And, and I actually um, read uh, or somebody uh, uh, mailed in or, or wrote into a, a message board and said, hey, do you think that the lack of fans in the stadium actually improved the quality of the play? And you know what? I think uh, he, the, the person responding said, yeah, I think it did. And actually, if, you're, if you think about it, some of the plays were executed a lot better than perhaps in past seasons. And that's because, you know, there weren't fans there kind of putting you off, right? Um, and so it's kind of interesting. So I think we saw a very different season this year than previous um, years and probably future years as well. So a very unique season, but I think unique in more ways than just there weren't fans. I think you saw a different style and a different brand of football that may um, uh, we may look back on and say, oh, wow, that was kind of interesting. I agree with you, especially defensively. I think that those players aren't under the same pressure when when you've got 60,000 people who hate your guts and want you to fail. You know, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're able to go out there. Yeah, right. And if you but if you look at the beginning of the season, uh, because there was no preseason, um, uh, the defenses were already struggling. Um, it because I think the defenses get more out of preseason than the offenses. Um, uh, that's what it appears like now to me, having seen uh, this season. The, you know, people were scoring points for fun in the first three, four, five weeks, but then slowly, slowly the defenses came into it. And you know, going through the playoffs, um, what won uh, the Super Bowl? It was defense, not offense. So, um, um, so the defense grew into it. They were able to take advantage of the lack of fans, I think. But, um, but they um, they were able to kick through later in the season um, when the offenses started to wane a little bit, perhaps. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I would have to agree with you on all of that. Actually, I think that it did make a difference. We probably did get to see. I think probably faster. I think everything we saw was done with more I don't want to say just speed like the react everybody's reaction time would have to be up don't you think if it's a quiet stadium when you're able to go out there you know like immediately when you like hear the you can hear your quarterback like you said about Aaron Rodgers you can you know when to launch off that line versus just reacting to what you see if you didn't hear the hike you know I think you're yeah, on yeah. something Graham I totally think you're on to something yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a uh, interesting, very interesting season. I might, uh, can I talk a little bit about the Packers and, uh, I'm, I'm about to get you on there. I'm about to go one by one. I want to get one question out of the way before we go there. Um, just real quick. You don't even have to have a discussion. I just want to get everybody's vote. Brando, obviously you didn't watch the game, but maybe you watch the playoffs. So maybe you'll have a vote here. What was the team that you, unexpectedly found yourself rooting for this year not your own team what's the one team you got respect for the coach you got respect for the team or maybe the player or the story um and i'm going to start with brando because it's probably the easiest one to start with brando do you have any team that storyline that caught you once you got to watching some of the playoffs or highlights pass pass again shame on you you should have read nfl.com for a minute lash yeah. Uh, I would say the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I just, something really draws me to Derrick Henry, and maybe it's just because he's a Sasquatch with a helmet on. Um, yeah. And uh, that the guy with the ball shouldn't be the one, like, tackling people. <laughs> um, 
you know uh that stiff arm is that stiff arm is oh, a meme, man. oh come on man that's that's He's a meme generator it's just ridiculous. Um, but uh, I really like the the story of Ryan Tannehill. I like Tannehill. Um, I mean, yeah. he he was he was. It looked like he was going to be fighting for a job, um, even a starting job uh, at places. And you know, he found a nice little home there. Vrabel, great coach. Um, yeah, dude, you're you're talking my language. I like I like Vrabel. I like that tough. Like he looks like a he looks like Sergeant Slaughter. And anybody who with wants that jaw. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? That's a really good point. Anybody who wants to Belichick, Belichick. Oh, I, I, I love, love that. that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, yeah, I've, I've, I found myself rooting for those guys quite a bit, actually. I'm with you. I, I like Derrick Henry, but Tannehill, uh, Derrick Henry is sort of that power old school football, knowing that it's, you know, it's, it's still there is a something I get a lot of pleasure from. And then Tannehill's story, I think you nailed it. I I just like that comeback work ethic sort of, you know, and he looks like he just got off the dusty trail and like wrapped up his horse. He's got that sort of, you know, as you mentioned necessary roughness too. You can imagine they found Tannehill in his wheat field throwing to a, a dummy. <laughs> that he, you know, scarecrow that he had planted out there. He kind of looks like that kind of guy. Yeah, if they could just get Sinbad, I think uh, we could get deeper <laughs> into the playoffs. You know? We go to party. Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I bet you, Graham, did you find yourself rooting for any of the other teams that su- surprised you? Yeah, kind of no, really. I, this was definitely a season where <laughs> I, 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 I focused a lot on the Packers, really. Um, rather than like on a lot of other teams and um, got kind of caught up into that. But the person, I mean, it wasn't so much the team, but the person that was staggering to me um, to see out on a football field was Alex Smith. So, I mean. Oh, yeah, good so, call. So yeah. not necessarily, I wouldn't say I was like rooting for the Redskins, right? But I mean, seeing that story, I, I was in a bar one evening and uh, they were had, they had on the show that went through like his recovery and what he had to go through to get back out on a football field. And like, I mean, holy shit, right? I mean, that's just the images of that man's leg. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, not even just the injury, but the recovery too was just hard to watch, hard to look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, so uh, so I think you know the fact that he's even out there, and of course, you know, uh, uh, the Alex Smith thing as well is the whole draft with him and Aaron Rodgers, right? So I mean, there's just a little kind of. Uh, uh, you know, a little thought that goes through my mind every time I see Alex Smith right on a on a football field or whatever. So, so interesting. So yeah, he was probably the guy. No real team per se, um, but he was probably the guy. No, I like that. I think that's that's a really. I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, I I don't I don't really have many thoughts about Washington every year for the last uh, forever, but he's he's a incredible story, especially seeing him. It wasn't just that he got back on the field, right? It was that he got back on the field and and was competitive and winning and doing well, doing well enough, you know, and seeing him run, you know, 10 yards and then, you know, didn't make it, comes off the field and they immediately start icing his leg while he's looking through the, you know, the shots from the, the last play. I mean, I don't, you got to respect a dude like that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and I'm glad Graham brought him up too, because, you know, aside from even the physical injury and what it took for him to get back, I mean, you think back to his career, you know, Graham's talking about draft day. I, I, he is the 
consummate professional. Um, he has been at, at, at a lot of different places and um, just what it took for him and his ego and everything, it's always taken a backseat and he's always been a team player. Um, I, I couldn't say enough good things about Alex Smith, man. That, it was so good to see him back on the field. Yeah, he's Purple Heart recipient, basically. He's a, he's a, he's yeah. a soldier, man. He's yeah. a pretty great story. Okay, well, before we get into our big uh, spotlight moments so we can have our, our gripes about our teams and then we'll move on to talking about the Super Bowl, let's, let's take a minute and uh, get a word from our sponsors. Mitch, this is where you put the stuff just so you know and cut all this edit stuff out so thanks guys appreciate that we're gonna be back in three two one okay graham you you you, i can tell you're itching i know we started talking about it a little bit when i was on the phone with you here's your moment let's talk and i and i and I, i gotta i gotta build the picture here before so everybody knows the depth of your frustration tell Tell them the story of you going to the uh, you, you being torn about going to see the playoff game with the Giants. Well, yeah, years well, ago. I, yeah, I mean, it even started the year before that because I actually went to uh, the first game uh, Packers I saw was actually up at Arizona playing the Cardinals when Kurt Warner uh, was quarterback, right? And so I went up there <laughs> in the last week of the regular season. Um, and we won. We beat them because the Cardinals were pretty much resting all of their players because I think they were maybe number one seed or number two seed. And so then I went the next week, and then uh, Packers lost in overtime. And it was crazy. It was like 53-47 or something like that in overtime. It was just like a shootout, right? It was just wild. And so I saw them lose there. And then the next season, I'm like, okay, well, I'm ready to go. Actually, not next season because the following season – was um, actually when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, and I didn't actually get to see them at all that season. And then the following season, I took my pilgrimage to Lambeau um, and uh, divisional game uh, Packers with number one seed at home playing against the New York Giants. And fucking Eli Manning took us apart. And uh, that was like uh, the first dagger in the heart of uh, watching the Packers. But of course, we'd already had a Super Bowl at the time. So, right, you can't be too... Um, too disheartened and i think everybody just thought hey this is just going to be the rogers show for the next decade and uh just goes i did we did yeah it, just oh, goes show Christ, just... it wasn't right yeah right <laughs> oh, brandon <laughs> woken up there finally when i uh, saw yeah. <laughs> so uh, division uh, rival <laughs> yeah but um but yeah so i mean uh, yeah going all the way to lambo in uh in january um and uh freezing my nuts off and seeing eli take you apart was uh, quite disappointing um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, since then it's just been, you know, it's been fascinating, obviously been following the Packers and they've been in the playoffs, you know, most years, right. There were two years, two or three years over Rogers entire career with the Packers where they haven't made the playoffs. Um, and they found ways to uh, essentially lose games. I mean, I think the, the game against Seattle, uh, is in 2014 is still the hardest one to take, um, because that was the one when we were like up uh, and, you know, that game was won. I mean, we picked Russell Wilson, yeah. I want to say, four or five times. Um, and uh, the fifth one, and with five minutes to go, and the Seahawks needed, like, uh, two scores, an onside kick, you know, all of those types of things. And we just melted down. We played for 55 minutes. We played the best football game ever. 
and then didn't play for the last five minutes. And that's what happens in the NFL. If you're not on it for 60 minutes, you can come apart. But that one was brutal. But that's kind of the, the other two um, ones that we've lost. We lost to um, Atlanta. Um, I'm trying to remember when that was, 2016 maybe. Um, and, yeah. then, um, and then we've lost to uh, San Francisco last year. Both of those games, we were outplayed. You know, we were nowhere near the, the better team. Um, we, Atlanta and San Francisco were much, much better than us, right? So kind of like, you know, if you weren't even in the game and you lost, right? I mean, it's easier to take. Um, so, but this year, um, definitely another very disappointing and not like a Seattle game, but I would say that we were the better team on paper. And uh, if the Packers had showed up with their A game, they would have beaten uh, the Bucks. But Brady, you know, he's a different animal. He's just a, a winner. And, uh, you know, you wonder whether Aaron Rodgers, whether his legacy will be the person who kept losing in the NFC Championship game, right, versus um, Super Bowl rings. So very interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I could go on for, for ages because, like, there's the whole, you know, just go back to the draft. And, and drafting uh, the next, in inverted commas, um, uh, quarterback to replace mm. Rodgers. And so did that motivate him to have an MVP season or uh, was it something else or, or what, right? But, you know, Rodgers... With him getting deeper into the playbook. Yeah, well, absolutely, right? But, I mean, for the for the Packers to go 13-3 and three in the first two seasons that Matt LaFleur came in, I mean, we could talk about Mike McCarthy because the two years before that, the Packers didn't qualify for the um, the playoffs, right? And so, um, so bringing in a fresh coach has clearly helped. But I mean, the Packers looked at ease this year on offense. Um, but it, except when it came to crunch time in the NFC Championship game. So, what does that tell you? That's interesting, right? You've been listening to The Brevity Box, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. If you like this cast or want to find some other great topics, join me, Hoptimist, on the Retro Futurist Culture podcast for great discussions on all things retro future. Check it out at ruminationsradionetwork.com. Well, so I I want to, I got a couple of questions there. So, you know, you, you mentioned, we had talked about this um you know, let's specifically talking about their game against the Bucks in the playoffs. You know, you had made the comment that maybe Rodgers was audibling out of those run plays that were, you know, called in. So because he had a, he wanted to show that he was a better quarterback than the guy on the other side of the field. Yep. I mean, so there's, Three times, three or four times this season, I've listened to Matt LaFleur uh, conference and said, hey, we got away from our run game too early. Uh, you can say that once, right? But can you really say that three or four times? And it was exactly the same in Tampa Bay. The Packers were not running the ball and the uh, Bucks uh, defense was just teeing off, right, on the, on the count and then going after Aaron Rodgers. And he got sacked, I think, more times in that game than maybe any other time in the season. Um, and of course, interestingly, the only other time the Packers really got blown out was against the Bucks in week six, I think it was. Um, and so uh, so from that perspective, it's like, well, what is it about Brady that brings Rodgers into not just playing the game, playing the run game, opening up play action, you know, scoring off play action? Because that's 
he scored an insane amount of touchdowns and got a insane amount of passing yards off of play action. And that's all about establishing and setting up the run. Um, and uh, in that game, for whatever reason, uh, he didn't. I mean, Aaron Jones is probably one of the better running backs in the league right now. And uh, he was somewhat non-existent in that game. Uh, and I don't think, I think it was because he wasn't getting enough chances. So interesting. It, interesting. It could, it could just boil down to, you know, uh, that Ndamukong Sue scares the shit out of Aaron Rodgers. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it might just be that because he's a giant man. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that. I mean, it could also be, uh, again, there's, you know, the other team is paid paid as well, right? It's, it's not all about your team. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers could have checked out of runs because he saw something on the defense because he does it all the time, right? He's one of the best people uh, reading defenses. But maybe the, the Bucks defense just got the better of him and they lured him into um, checking out of the run, um, but actually were there all the, all the time. But... When you can rush four like they did all game and get home and you have seven uh, defensive backs, right, dropping in to cover, what, four receivers or something like that, um, yeah. that's going to be a pretty good uh, recipe for success. And so it proved. Um, so um, so Matt LaFleur, I, yeah. think, um, he, I mean, you can't fault like 13 and three, <laughs> like for your first two seasons. I mean, I don't think you can really fault that. I think he made some poor decisions uh, at the end of the game there. But uh, the Packers didn't bring their A game. Um, uh, and so they got beat and I think they probably deserve to get beat on the day. Wow. Those salient comments there. Yeah. I, I say my, my two questions are, I remember, uh, several times over several years, we would draw parallels between, um, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy in terms of them being very offensive minded coaches and that there were times where we would just wanted to run the ball and all they want to do is throw the ball. Um, Looking at it, that let's let's assume hypothetically that Rodgers did audible out of those things. We've always blamed the coaches. We've said the quarterbacks were there going, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it." Like they're there's they're wanting to, to throw the rock too. But does this sort of like you know? I think we were we were commenting on McCarthy as being, uh, you know, a lot of people were thinking that he didn't have a big enough playbook that he he couldn't compete in you know. In, the way the game was now his style had had sort of the, the the league had moved on from that style being effective and maybe they're right you know about adaptation but do you think that maybe this was more rogers now looking at it or do you think it was still i mean look i i, I don't know what to make of the cowboys they had a lot of injuries but they didn't look great yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it was all about Rodgers. I do think that the McCarthy thing had got very stale. I mean, I think um, probably after the 2016 defeat was probably the time for them to make a change, to be honest with you. I think they kept him for two more years, um, two, two years too yeah. long. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, I said. think, you know, 2014, uh, like I said, the Seattle defeat, that'll be the one that uh, haunts me uh, forever. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think... Um, I think Rogers was probably getting frustrated um, as he got through um, to the end of the Mike McCarthy era. Um, but uh, I think Mike McCarthy had got stale. Um, and there was a big thing about him taking a year off right after the Packers fired him. And he took a year off and apparently he studied all of the, the offense and the game. And all that <laughs> he said that. He, well, <laughs> he right, said he did. He yeah. said he did. And then he went to Dallas. And what I saw in Dallas was pretty much the same as what I saw from the Packers <laughs> for the last two seasons of his time. So 
So I don't know. I, I love the guy, right? I mean, I wouldn't have a bad word. He's a, he's a great man uh, and actually, a, you know, a good coach, right? He got a Super Bowl yeah. and, uh, and he's had been consistently having the Packers in there. And you've got to be in it. Um, you got to be in it to win it, right? And uh, there are so many things that can happen in the playoffs that don't get you to the big game. But you take as many shots as you can. So if you're in the playoffs, then you've got a chance. And uh, he did that for a lot of his time. But Matt LaFleur looks like a great new coach. But it'll be interesting to see whether he'll be able to sustain the level of success he's had in his first two seasons. I think he will. I, I, I mean, I don't know what to expect if he doesn't have Rodgers there. I mean, Rodgers is such a, a huge piece. He's He'll, he'll make it like, you know... I mean, Lazard and, and uh, you know, any of the other receivers on that team, uh, they all look better because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so just to kind of – I got a, a random question. What team would you like to see Rodgers play for? Because he's not going to finish as a Packer. Wow. I mean uh... – Just off the top of your head. Sponta- I had to catch you off guard. First team that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, uh, I got no idea. Um, I would say somebody like the uh, Texans or something like that, somewhere that's completely divorced from anybody that the Packers might play. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, I get you now. I understand. San Diego. It would be San Diego now. Yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, he's got to be AFC. and uh, But yeah, so, but, you know, it's it's really hard. I mean, I understand that, and the Packers will move on. Um, uh, but to... to to see the guy who's been the head of the franchise forever play for another team. I mean, it happened with Brett Favre, right? Uh, with Brando's Vikings. Um, but yeah. uh, And that was pretty brutal, to be fair. So. Oh, what a season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, man. Okay. Did you, you feel you feel better now? Can you breathe? Did you get it off your chest? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, indeed. And like I said, it actually it wasn't as bad. A, it wasn't as bad for me. And, you know, I don't you know. Had great, you had a great year. Like I like I said, maybe it's um yeah, we're in the playoffs, thirteen three season. We got all real close. We were in it, and we could have won it. So, so I mean, it just wasn't as bad as Seattle, um, and um, you know, some of it could have just been just a little bit more um, humble this year, right? With everything else that's going on in the world, right? I mean, losing a football right. game is that really um, something that's going to stick with you? You know what I mean? Well. Let's let's find out with somebody who lost a lot more football games than the Packers or Seattle. Uh, Lash, <laughs> I'm gonna go right. Yeah, to we're just gonna go the for the low hanging fruit. The low hanging fruit. <laughs> well, That's well because right. it's 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 a, it's tough, man. It's a lot to ask to support your team through a hard season like that, right? Sure. I sure. mean, if anybody's got gripes, I mean, do you you feel like uh, you're tired of looking at all those teeth with John Elway or what? I mean, no, what, no, what, what do you no, think? no, no, no. I, um, I did. I did when I was uh, rooting for Kansas City when Joe Montana played. I, I was tired of all those teeth, right? <laughs> um, you know, um, but no, you know, it's 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 hard for me to say if I was like super excited about this season or disappointed. Um, you know, Peyton Manning, he he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty, and I have to make sure that I don't shift into that guy who was like, well, we won a Super Bowl twelve years ago, you know. Um, but I just think. I might be a little of that guy. I well, do know. I remember it was 2009. It was a great year. Yeah. And it was against Peyton, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, I, that was awful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I always think about back to that onside kick at halftime. I know. Um, right. God, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Anyways. All right. I need a short couch in about 45 minutes with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, 
No, you know, listen, the, the, the team is obviously rebuilding. Um, I believe in what John Elway's uh, done, what he's uh, capable of, of putting together. And, you know, I just think, um, you know, I, I don't see a situation where they're going to be sitting in this position for very long. They've got a lot of really good execs and really good leadership. And so I'm excited about the future. I don't think we'll have a Jets situation on our hands or anything like that. Yet. I can't imagine that being the case. Right. There's a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. On no, both sides yeah, of the ball. There is. There is. And But what really needs to happen is you've got to get that guy behind center. Yeah. You've got to get that guy. And he doesn't have to be a top three quarterback. He doesn't, you know, but to our points earlier, he's got to be able to stand into the pocket. He's got to be able to, you know, check down and not just, you know, if you're, if your first reads bad, that it all goes to shit, you know? Um, so that's, that you was think, kind of, yeah, go ahead. You think they will be shopping on the quarterback carousel this year? You know, I just, I don't, I think, I think you see what, I would like them to, you know, because I'm an idiot and I think you should just try, if you don't have a quarterback, <laughs> just draft a quarterback, you know, but um, there's obviously people handling that that are much smarter than I am. Uh, but no, I think, I think if you're, you're smart about it, you give Drew Locke another season, um, see if he can stay healthy. Cause like I said, I saw flashes. I really did. No, uh, I did too. I like Philip Lindsay, um, you know, uh, Vaughn was out, you know, so um yeah, I, th- I think we've got some solid pieces. So I just I'd like to see him go after the best players in the draft, uh, maybe O line, and um, you know, yeah, I'm excited about the future. So, let, I, so uh, put, let's put that. you in the GM shoes, though. Okay, so yeah. you know what quarterbacks out there that's gettable that you want? Give me two. Oh man, I mean Stafford. Look, we haven't talked about these this move of Stafford to the Rams, but mm-hmm. kind of pertaining to. Uh, what we're talking about if if Denver if that wasn't the Rams if the trade had happened where Stafford went to the Broncos you'd be excited right now right I would be excited um I I would still be kind of fearful uh only because Stafford there's something you know when Graham was talking about Green Bay um and now we're talking about Stafford I I've always drawn this it's, it's not a total one-to-one, but I've always drawn this comparison between Stafford and Aaron Rodgers in the sense that they are both just supreme talents. Like when you see them drop back, throw the ball. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, arm-wise, I don't know if I've ever seen a better quarterback. No. But, but my concern with Stafford, and not quite as much with, with Aaron Rodgers, but it, it is there, is that there's like this confidence and a, and like a bravado that I I like, but I don't, I don't see them. Okay. Like Brady, he, he drops back, he throws the ball, he gets a first down, a big first down. You see him yelling, shouting and getting everybody fired up. Like he gets into it. Like he kind of rallies the troops. Right. Uh, When I see Aaron Rodgers do that or a Matthew Stafford do that, they're like, well, yeah, I mean, you see the arm strength and you know, Aaron Rodgers has got his hands in his in his hand warmers and he just looks so cool, calm and collected. I wish he would I wish I I get some more emotion out of these guys, you know? Not and, so passive. Um, right, right. And I mean, like I said, much, much less with Aaron Rodgers than it is with Stafford, but that's kind of the thing I see. So, you know, you ask if Stafford goes to Denver, sure, I'd be excited. And I think we they definitely win some football games. But I would always be concerned when the big game comes around and 
um, where, where's that fire going to be? And he's, is he going to be able to rally the troops, you know? So, well, with, with Carr, Mahomes, mm-hmm. and what's the kid's name in, in the Chargers? I always want to say San Diego. It's always oh, going to be San Diego God. Chargers um, to me. Hebert, Her- Herbert? It, Herbert. Herbert. So, yeah. and Herbert, wow, great year. I don't want to get too caught up on, on, that's a great, great get for that team. Oh, yeah. Um, but you got three talented quarterbacks. I mean, it's some of that record is the division you're in at the time when a superstar like Mahomes comes in with his rocket arm right. and Gruden comes in and takes the Raiders to Vegas. You know, so there's a lot of up, up and coming fuel there. What quarterback, going back to my question a second ago, what quarterback do you eyeball that you think could come in that's gettable? Right now, what what guy would you put in? Is there a name? Is there yeah. somebody? You know, you're 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 referring to like somebody already in the league, or, or yeah, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Oh man, um, I I really I I don't. There's nobody that I can think of that would be gettable where I would say it's a better option than giving Drew Locke one more season, because right. Drew Locke's got a great arm and he gets and he he gets into it. Like, you know what I mean? He'll, he'll start John with some of the other defensive players. Like he's got some fight in him. So, um, I, I would say not really. I don't, I don't Nobody over drew lock. You'd rather have another year from drew lock. Just considering the situation. Yes. Yeah. I think we got to see what he's got for one more season. Yeah. I think Brando might be interested in selling you a, a used Hyundai Kirk cousins. (laughs) <laughs> you know, actually, Kirk Cousins was in the the talks when he before he went to Minnesota. Um, he was in the talks for uh, Denver. And to be honest, I wasn't totally against it. You know, at the time, Denver was completely stacked on defense. And I'm like, OK, because they tried to go the Joe Flacco route, you know, and I was just like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, that was a bad this, move. This is going to be awful. Um, and. I, at that point, we just needed somebody who wasn't necessarily going to win the game for us, but somebody who wasn't going to lose it. And I felt like Kirk Cousins could have played that role pretty well. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Minnesota got him, and the rest is history, I suppose. Elway might Sorry, be the but... only one who can get Cousins to the next level. <laughs> right. Well, I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, being, I'm being like serious. I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins, and Brando clearly doesn't remember that Kirk Cousins is his quarterback right now. But yeah, I mean, I do remember that that gigantic <laughs> tub of ranch dressing is my quarterback. Yeah, right. his, <laughs> what did I say? His uh, his face is he's got a face for insurance sales. He does. He's he does. a personified side serving of ranch dressing. <laughs> when you look up cracker in the dictionary it's, it's Kirk Cousins. Ranch. yeah exactly. exactly yeah no but i i think john elway is one of those i mean you know maybe that's the only guy who could really take him up to the next level i wouldn't be surprised i don't think it's that far-fetched to see a trade like that i think minnesota's not far off from being ready to move on from that guy anyway i really don't th- i think everybody knows that he needs he needs a guru yeah. to get past the hump you know yeah. And and I think I think Minnesota's so tired of losing those close games that they're probably ready to move on. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And John Elway's, I I think a quarterback playing under him, I think it's a lot of pressure because you're not going to have a lot of time to try and make something Adapt, happen. Right. You know, if we if we spend a draft pick on you, then you're going to get more time than most. But if you're 
if you're a veteran in this league, you know, we're going to, they'll throw some money at him and give him a year. And if you can't figure it out, then you'll be gone. So, you know, hopefully we'll see, we'll see, but I've, I've, I've kind of put myself in a position where I'm, I'm ready to, you know, get kicked in the nuts for the next two to three years. And, um, you know, I'm going to get that drop ready. I'm going to have that drop made. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, I, I think, uh, I'm prepared. <laughs> I'm prepared. So anything, <laughs> anything better than a kick in the nuts will just be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, man. Good feedback. Thank you guys. Brando, two words about your season before we move on to the Super Bowl. What happened? No, seriously, what happened? Yeah, okay. The same old, same old. That's the best way I can answer that. Um, Fair enough. No, for, for, for me, I expect Jameis Winston to be the starting quarterback. I expect Drew Brees to retire. I don't expect to dominate the division again uh, for some time, but um, Winston's also one of those guys that I think needs a, a quarterback coach and Sean Payton, I think is really, really good at, uh, and plus him sitting on the bench behind breeze. I think that did um, my goodness. I just uh, forgot Teddy's name, but yeah, but you know, two glove Teddy, Bridgewater, but Bridgewater, Bridgewater yeah. did, you know, it benefited Bridgewater to sit behind Breeze for that year and get coached. And he, he did pretty well this year. And I think that that's kind of what I expect to see more of from Winston. So um, as far as my, my own team, so let's move on. Let's wrap this up by, by just getting into the Super Bowl, the Brady bowl, Tan, what is it? Tampa Bay. He, 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 he trademarked all this, right? He, yeah. he before he even went there, he trademarked everything. Tampa Bay and the the home field. I, I mean, hot takes starting anywhere. Brando, you know, I think I think knowing that your 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 penchants for disdain, uh, I think you're the good place to start. Real quick, give me give me your rundown of the Super Bowl, man. He just can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. He just can't keep. Did it disappoint you to see him win? No, because I knew he was. I knew it was going to happen, so I was already depressed about it. Yeah. that's fair. Look, my. I did. Anybody else have the same uh, feelings that my wife did? I know Graham. You and I were texting a little bit. Once, once those first few flags flew, it oh. it hard not to feel like it was uh, uh, decided. It had been decided. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Is that uh, how you felt? Uh, Go ahead, Graham. Yeah, I mean, it was the first half was uh, it was terrible. Um, the, the flags that were coming out uh, were uh, it's just it almost just seemed so surreal um, that a wider a wider being had spoken and the flags were flying as a result of some magical um, kind of uh, input into the Super Bowl. I, I don't know. It was just. The second half clearly uh, it just changed, right? And so it was almost as if they got together half time and like, oh shit, we better met, not make it look too in favor of Tom Brady. And I've also, <laughs> and I've also right. been told, but then I've also been told that everybody else has just accepted that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, and the only people that can't are Packers fans because they think Aaron Rodgers should be. So maybe I'm the worst person to ask. Yeah, that's that's and, and Peyton Manning fans. <laughs> and maybe some breeze fans oh yeah, yeah definitely I, I, that boat. <laughs> I uh do you think they get star you think the refs get starstruck do you think that has anything to do with it 
like let's let's take all the 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 crazy conspiracy things out of it but do you think that you know these guys are out there calling a game and the goats on the field and it's this like the weight of the moments in their heads without anybody ever saying anything right it's the first time a team's playing in their home field for the super bowl you know what i mean it's the greatest of all time yeah can, and, can it happen sure i mean i i don't i i don't see you know i i don't feel like i see it every year but of course, you know, just like just like the players, or just like anybody else, that's a, that's a really really big platform. And then once the the game starts to get uh, kind of a cadence, uh, sometimes that's a good cadence. Sometimes that's a cadence that we saw this year with with a lot of laundry getting fl- thrown onto the field, you know. And uh, yeah, and I think because I uh, I think one of I mean it's throughout the season Super Bowl as well, but. That they're probably the one thing that the NFL still has to figure out. They need to stop creating rules for like pass interference and what's a catch and what's not a catch. And they've got to figure out how referees can consistently uh, referee a season because it is completely inconsistent from week to week, from crew to crew. Some people are throwing fags every time, some are throwing none, some are throwing them for one team versus the other team. And I think it's starting to affect the product. Um, because um, if 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 every game is refed evenly, and uh, you know the same shit is called week after week, then fine, right? But there was just so many inconsistencies on the holding calls, on the pass interference, on not holding on the O line when uh, um, Brady was uh, throwing his latest um, ball with a smile on his face, and and so yeah, that was the thing to me is there's got to be some more consistency. I mean, a ref's going to make bad calls occasionally, sure, but. Uh, it seems like year after year, there's there's a lot more to talk about on the laundry than there should be. Well, you talk about you talk about consistency. Uh, do you guys feel? I mean, maybe somebody can answer this better than I can. But um, do you feel like the rules change too much from year to year? You know, uh, is there? Because hmm. uh, I wonder yeah. if that has something to do with it. Because you you have something that you've been officiating a certain way, and then they can't quite figure out this part of the game. And then you'll see a different rule change about three or four times over the course of three or four years within that issue that they're having. And it's like, you know, I, I think it definitely goes back to inconsistency, but I wonder if you guys feel like that might be an issue. Yeah, it's, a, it's good, right? Because two years ago, they uh, pass interference calls were reviewable. And then this year or, or a year ago, and then this year they were no longer reviewable, right? And so like, because yep. uh, they were being reviewed too much. Um, and so that is, that is interesting. But, you know, the thing that um, uh, uh, irks me uh, more perhaps than anything else is the whole review play. Um, and it's like, hey, what if they go to review and they review the play? Then there has to be an obvious reason to overturn it. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Because, like, mm-hmm. if you've got the cameras, then use the cameras, right, to make the right call. Um, this whole kind of, like, it has to stay. Because I think the refs are calling plays differently based upon the fact, oh, well, a touchdown can get reviewed. And so, therefore, they call a touchdown, which means they can review it. Um, and then there may not be obvious reasons rather than actually calling it as they see it on the field. And so um, I, I think they need to, if they're going to use cameras to um, to officiate, then you should use cameras to officiate. And whatever the camera tells you should be the answer, not this kind of like clear and obvious mistake um, BS. That's a really yeah. I I think there should be a call from New York. You know, I mean, I think that ultimately plays that are uh, hard to decide on the field, they should just have the the call from New York should have overrule. 
power, in my opinion. Um, also brings up something interesting that I, I, I think I have spoken to Graham about before, but uh, kind of on a side note, Graham, you're, I wonder if you know in the other football, in you know, in the Premiership, in the you know, in the soccer world, are those refs professional referees, or do they have day jobs and they ref on the side? Oh no, they're professional in the Premier League for sure. They're definitely professional. They actually, uh, yeah, that is their okay. job, and they have, um, uh, yeah, that, that's all they do. So, uh, so this is this is kind of my my thoughts on it in terms of the game and how it's called. They don't have a like a professional officiating uh, role. Like these guys aren't just officiate, uh, uh, you know referees and that's all they do and study and how to work together and you know that's all they do 24 7 that's there's no there's no officiators association it these guys are you know like hockey lee is an attorney you know four days a week and then traveling the fifth day and then refing the game and then going back home and getting back into his job you know and, and that's all those guys so it, it's one of those things i think has come up a few times over the last couple of years I would love to see them. I don't see why they wouldn't just pay the referees to be, you know, full-time professional. And, and, you know, you're probably going to get a more athletic set of guys too, who can keep up with the action of the, on the field. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of those guys aren't doing, <laughs> they're not running that back and forth at pace. I feel, I, I feel like it's only a matter of time before a couple of them just, just, keel over right there on the field yeah where, where are the uh ed hockeyleys you know that guy you're like dude that guy looked like he he just took his shoulder pads off and slapped that <laughs> right shirt on dude you know yeah yeah i mean he's an exception i mean those guns were so much fun to watch every game man <laughs> please call holding please call holding it looked like a old arnold 80s film you know where he would just yeah. call a play so he could flex he looked like he was the equalizer, like he would put on a trench coat and go and solve crimes <laughs> that the cops couldn't get to, you know? That's yeah, right. one of the refs, one of the refs, actually. I mean, poor, poor guy just couldn't get out of the way. I remember Marquez Valdez Scantling running in and the ref was a perfect blocker for him. He just got straight in the way of one of the defenders. Yeah. Exactly. Lad, poor guy got bowled over, though, but he just didn't know where to run. And uh, like he said, so, but um, but I'll take it. How many how many years do we have to suffer through Brady? Do you think? I mean, is anybody else? I mean, are we all kind of we understand as sports fans? We're watch, you know. Okay, we're all lucky to be alive to see such a phenomenon. <laughs> all that bullshit, uh, amazing. <laughs> he's the goat. Uh, I I mean, I give it to him. I can't. There's no argument, right? He's the he's the fucking goat. Well, yeah. I mean, no. yeah. now you got to look. Um, you know, who, who's who's in the NFC South, right? I mean, you've already said that probably the Saints are not going to be the dominant force for a little while. And, you know, where's Atlanta and uh, how's Carolina doing? So is Brady going to end up for the next couple of years as being uh, at a team that's going to win the, you know, the NFC South and then automatically um, uh, get a uh, home field? You know what I mean? So um, I'll jump in here. Char I'll tell you how Charlie feels right now. Charlie feels like how the rest of the AFC East has felt for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, that's a little true. That's a little true. Uh, I, I do feel a little bit about that. But, you know, he compliments to him, but it's always the kind of thing that pisses you off as a fan, or maybe not everybody, but it does me, is, you know, those ready-made teams. 
you know, and, you know, kudos to him for spotting it or his agent realizing the talent on Tampa. But I mean, that, that receiving core between, I mean, the tight ends, they had, they had everything he really needed before he really walked in the door. They, they needed him, you know, they weren't going to do it with Winston. Yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but that, that team was not going to do anything without him. And it's not like they were knocking on the door. Like, yes, did did they have talent? Sure. But they, you know, and you're right that the, the, the accolades and, and the, the, the Super Bowl wins, that's all undeniable. But, um, I just, I just wonder if at this point, like, is it bad for the league? You know, that, that yeah. he's just, you know, I mean, it's like people, I feel like yeah. people are losing interest. If you're not a Brady fan, then it's just like, you see that guy and it's just like shit. And Graham's talking about if he's going to, you know, dominate the NFC South. I think six seed Brady is the same as one seed Brady. You know what I mean? I just, I, I think, you know, I just, well, I don't know. I see the, him in there and I go, oh shit. <laughs> you know? The only thing I would say is um, this has been a little bit of an exception for Brady, right? Because mm-hmm. typically he hasn't done that well on the road when he's been playing for the Patriots, right? That's um, fair, yeah. So uh, I don't know what his record is, but um, his record is um, normal away from home. But when, at, when he was at um, home, you know, he'd win everything, right? And uh, a lot right. of the Super Bowls came from being number one seed and from getting essentially an easy pass through the AFC East. Uh, and then, yeah, you've got to go win more games than that, obviously. But um, but having mm-hmm. like games, like six games or something already under under your belt is a, is a good place to be. Um, but um, but yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, they, they went on the road and they did it. And uh, um, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, Charlie... Yeah, you can't take it away from them. Hate respect. I, I, you know? I yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm fucking bored forgive my uh my language right. but uh um with uh brady just year in year out um, but then i think a lot of people are fucking bored with aaron Rodgers as well right so so there you go yep. I, I, would, I, would, I, would i be bored if um aaron Rodgers was winning four or five super bowls probably not right so so i was rooting for aaron i i was i mean i'm not i'm not bored yeah. of seeing him you know what i mean like like you said i mean he's he's struggling with that nfc championship game to me that's enticing football like all right let's get over the hump this time you know but yeah like when i see tom brady in there and then he got gronk over there with him i was just like man this is this is not good yeah. <laughs> you know i just open and you're just like ah eh, shit yeah yeah so it was written so it was yeah. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> yeah, that is the way. All right. Well, I have uh, basically, I think we've covered everything. I've got one last question that I want to get everybody's feedback on. And maybe it's a little bit of a two-parter, but it won't take long to go through now that we've kind of gotten through and we're at a point where we've recognized Tom Brady with all the accolades that are required in America now. I think it's a law. We have to praise him for a certain amount of time. Um, so here's my question. Why did he, why do you think Tom did it? Do you think that this was about proving that he didn't need Belichick? Do you think it throws shade on the dynasty between the two of them? Yes to both. Yes to both. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Um, And as a fan of football, I see him win this game with a completely different team the very first year. 
and I am asking myself, how how went how would how much was Belichick really involved when you had Brady on the field and just commanding everything and being such a a field general? How much was it actually Belichick? Right. So, um, and I think I think that you know, I, I as far as I understand, their relationship at the end was you know a little uh, rocky. And so I think he absolutely made the move to show, hey, you know what? You guys are talking about moving on. That's fine. I still got some in the tank. And uh, he just, and he showed everybody, man. He showed everybody. But do you think that um, Tampa Bay was almost Patriots-esque in terms of, you know, great O-line, great defense, you know, solid running backs? You know, it, it was as if, I mean, Brady... Um, was not dumb in terms of the team that he chose to go to, right? They, you know, the Tampa Bay were probably missing a winner and missing a quarterback, and they had a lot of the other pieces. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Yeah, for sure. I think I that's. Totally agree. Yeah. I agree with that. That he was smart about who he picked. I, I gotta mention one guy that I, if there was one person on, you know, repping Tampa that I think probably won't get talked about enough is is the offensive coordinator. And uh, Byron Leftowich is to see that guy, that brain. I mean, he was a stud when he was in the league. And it's, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that play calling, it's Tom executing the plays. It's certainly him making the judgment calls and recognizing defenses. But that game plan, I mean, that, that guy deserves a lot of credit. And I'm glad to see him get it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he was. He was he was a brain at Marshall, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He was he was you could tell he was the student of the game. It wasn't just like sheer talent, you know. Um, and uh, and actually, I didn't even I didn't even remember that he was the offensive coordinator. To be honest with you, so that's that's really really awesome. That's really and cool. I think if, if you it kind of throws some some of that thought into him being smart about where he was going. Right? He knew he knew who who he was working with. Um, I think it you know. I, think, I take your point, though, Graham. I think it is very New England-esque. Uh, sure. I do think he had to prove that he had to get out of that uh, that the shadow of Belichick, like kind of how how Steve Young had the you know ghost of Montana to get out from under. It just seemed kind of similar that that's the way they'll tell that story, even though maybe they'll deny it or they'll be nice about it. And 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 I totally think Belichick is the defensive super genius right like his yeah. and and he has i mean obviously he's the greatest i'm nobody to criticize the man's success but i mean uh, the statement's pretty clear isn't it i mean t you know cam didn't turn into this uh amazing quarterback and tom went on and won the super bowl in tampa bay yeah and then showed off his yacht <laughs> and, and and threw the trophy. <laughs> yeah. What an asshole. Well, when you got seven, I'm like, he's gonna have him on his toes pretty soon, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it well, and what do you think? I mean, I don't know if it I don't know. I, it's it's I don't I wouldn't be like you said, I do think that to a lot of people it's uh it's hard to stay interested if the same people are winning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, but go. Well, I'm looking forward. What, what's it? 
really interesting. Um, if you take the uh, NFC, um, you know, the NFC has pretty much had a different team in the uh, uh, Super Bowl for the last like 12, 13 years or something like that. I think there's been a couple of repeats, right? Seattle have been there twice and maybe the 49ers have been there twice, but but there's a lot of parity on the NFC side in terms of who gets the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tampa Bay, I mean, it was Brady, right? But it is a different team. Whereas on the AFC, I mean, who's it been? It's been Patriots, 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 right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of interesting. But um, so the, the the parity is still very much there in the NFC. And, you know, next season will be fascinating to see whether this is a one-off or whether um, Tampa Bay will be in there. You, you kind of, again, you have to sort of sit there and say, well, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. But it'll um, be interesting to see how they do this time around. But... Oh, that's a good way to – that's a good point to maybe uh, – we'll end on answering that question after I give Brando the one last opportunity to get his uh, say in about his team because you've been really outspoken the whole time. And I, I'm sorry to have kept cutting you off, Brando. But what, what are your thoughts on anything you're looking forward to or what did you come out of the Super Bowl with except for what a dick Tom Brady is? When I die, I want the Minnesota Vikings to be my pallbearer so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> you heard it here, and we're going to make sure that happens. Appreciate that. It's going to be so ridiculous to put me in a position where I'm going to be laughing at your funeral, bro. I'm going to thank you ahead of time. Okay, so here's the question. Easy yes or no answer. Does Tampa Bay win next year's Super Bowl? Graham. No. Lash. Hell no. <laughs> Brando. Gotta be the contrarian. I'll say yes. Oh man. I I gotta say I hope to God no. <laughs> What's it gonna be, Charlie? I'm gonna say yes. Oh, shit. I think there's a good chance, man. I just think they. If get it better. happens, I'm coming for you and Brando. <laughs> and I'll, you guys and put I'll it in the it. ether, man. You guys put it in the ether. Yeah, we, need to unite. we gotta come together on this. Graham's with me. <laughs> I said, I hope to God, no. You guys just want to watch the world burn. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> they don't do it for any reason. They yeah. just want to watch it burn. That's probably Brady. When we when we find out the reality about him, it's going to be like the the two big reveals in the coming years are going to be that him and Garth Brooks have just hidden bodies everywhere. <laughs> I'd like to know who's the bigger hyper competitive sociopath, Tom Brady or Michael Jordan? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I will probably find out. You know, just give it time for him to retire in yeah, ten he years, to leave and then first. Yeah, he's got to leave. Right? He's not going to. It's going to be. Yeah, how old? Or right. or Lance Armstrong too, because he was fucking insane. Yeah, I'm still gonna go with Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, probably. My guys, thank you for doing it. Thank you for putting in the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, Brando, thanks for everything you do. I love you, man. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. Again, it was a fun conversation. I feel like I can put it behind me. And look forward to next year when the fans are back in the stands and football feels normal. And maybe we can make this an annual thing. We'll do one of these before the season starts and what we're looking forward to and another one when we wrap it up. I think this is a good good conversation, guys, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks good time. For, thanks for showing up. Yep, thanks for having well, me.
it's been a good time brando it's time to go uh thanks everybody for tuning in remember to like and subscribe it really helps us out a lot and don't forget to check us out on the web at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com we have a few different podcasts one of which we have a host of on the panel today if you like uh anything that you hear there you're gonna have a lot to go through and get entertained by and we really appreciate it thanks again everybody you've been listening to brevity box and i hope you have a good night i'll see you next time